is this, you know, why, why would you want to, or why do we always need to, at least in business and IT, make everyone believe the same thing and everyone do the same thing and, uh, you know, follow, follow the leader, follow my view, my view, my way or the highway, basically. Um, and it doesn't make sense because it takes the base for innovation. It takes the base for openness. It takes the base for a community. Well, and, yeah. well you know, I think it's easier, right? Um, and especially in current events in, in America, um, before we had this beautiful day that we're having right now. Um, <laughs> Congratulations, it, man. Thank you very much. Thank you very, very much. Um, I think it was, or and it still probably is easy to follow what the person on the top says or what, what a, a particular leader says. Um, yeah. it's, it's easier. Um, you don't, honestly, thinking for yourself is not easy to do. Um, and especially when <laughs> you, you know, you're getting a lot of news articles, whatever, that may not be factual. Um, it's easier just to kind of listen to one person, whoever that one person may be, and just be like, hey, yeah. um, that's what we're all going to do now. And that's the right way to go about this. Rather yeah, than I saying, mean, you know, eh, you know, or, <laughs> you know, reading an article online and saying, because unfortunately you have to do this now, reading an article online and saying, that sounds weird. I'm going to look into that a little bit. That, that's harder to do, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, it's completely valid. You know what you're saying with, with think kind of thinking for yourself is hard. It's also scary because, you know, the moment kind of we, we've all done this, you know, when we're when we're little children and, and we're growing up, usually in normal family settings, you know, first you're kind of, you know, sucking up information, being taught the ways of the world, you kind of do believe everything that happens and is being talked and said around you. But there comes then this point in the most cases, I can, you know, I'm just guessing it's puberty um, where you start developing your own line of thinking. And, and that's kind of also where your whole real deep emotional life starts, you know, where you're saying for the first time, am I the mm. only one who thinks and feels like this? And, mm. and, you know, but I, I'm, I'm just figuring, you know, it, it, it's all okay. It's always good if we have leaders and it's even better, you know, if you have a system, a way of thinking, whatever it is, um, you know, you can cling to that something similar like religions, you know, making kind of life easier for people to grasp because there's a certain rule set and someone you can fall back onto when you've lost yourself. But um, a problem, a real problem. And I've, I've been seeing this, you know, especially in the IT industry that I've uh, worked in for, for very many years now is this form of manipulation where someone kind of tells you every day, be individual, be free, you know, we're creating this awesome equality and fairness and diversity and whatever it is. But at the end of the day, if you don't follow the leader and don't follow the mission that has not been created due to your way of thinking, but due to an investor wanting to make money in return on his profits. Um, you know, you, you get lost and you stand there and, and stuff you would normally firmly believe in. You've told all your family, friends, your mom, your grandma, your dad, whoever it is, you know, I believe in this. This is my thing. And then at the end of the day, you stand there and you're like, is that right? Am I right? 
you know, and it, it, it's awful if that happens with really, really wholesome and good things. You know, yeah. Am I being you, you know what the for loving? <laughs> <laughs> you know what the big moment for me was, honestly, um, was the whole moving to Maine um, mm-hmm. was really my pivot of um, thinking freely and being who I was going to be. Um, and it, it made me reconcile that something that I've known for a long time in my life, but that, Hey, I'm a little bit different, right? Um, you know, there, there's something uh, fundamentally different about somebody who wants to live on top of a mountain in the middle of nowhere by themselves for at least half their time, uh, who wants to let go out in the middle of the woods and figure out if they can survive by themselves for like four days at a time. Um, yeah. But it's confronting that and saying, you know, hey, this is who I am. And uh, I'm going to think for me now and I'm going to embrace my differences. Uh, yeah. And I'm just going to live according to me. Yeah, but, um, exactly. You know, um, I think, you know, for me, like a very, very good example of kind of, you know, this, this the right thing is wrong uh, was actually the way we started interacting more. And the moment, you know, we, we started talking um and and not only just being colleagues at the other end of the world was uh last year when we had pride month and as community manager it was my job um to create a campaign around around pride month um and i was being very very carefully because uh, i very openly live straight (laughs) you know people have told me uh they they'd figure the differ um a couple of times but no i'm actually a straight guy and you know it's not my domain um pride month is not celebrated for me um but it was my job to do this and so i created um this group um with a virtual pride parade and and one of the very very few people who reacted to it was you with a really really great video you know where i where i then wrote to you oh can i share this and thank you for you know i was really touched by that thank you for helping me and supporting my cause because you know we're one team we're colleagues of course Um, it's a good cost yeah weirdly enough you know um the backlash i did get was for one backlash i could understand which was hey dude you know you're you're really actually not part of the lgbt um community so why are you doing this do you need attention what the fuck's wrong that's bullshit. With you? i was like you know i'm I not like, either oh, that's bullshit you know um i was saying i do understand that but i don't understand that but i could speak very very clearly with these people but um also on the other hand um some of the people who asked me to create this campaign and where i knew they are part of the lgbt community they didn't take part they didn't make a post um they then told me that the campaign i made was bad where i'm saying like whoa 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 you know this was uh zero budget just you know being compassionate sharing is caring you know all the all the fun lovey-dovey blubbery stuff i talk all day um and just giving back to not if it wasn't or if it's not my community but you know giving back to the people sharing some love and at the end of this day when i had launched all this i had talked to you you know gotten positive negative feedback i was really sitting there and saying well for one i just followed kind of my order to do my job the second thing is i was definitely doing something i'm i'm very very convinced of um but how can this be so wrong you know, how can I sit there and yeah, be bullshit. like, wow, why the hell did I do this? I shouldn't have, but you know, I couldn't, it was my job and whatever. And this is what I mean, you know, with yeah, this, that's crap. 
this I mean, weird form of, of manipulation going on. Just, you know, I want to get into the podcast in a second, but um, I want to address that because that's important. I mean, coming from my perspective as well, obviously I'm not a, a member of the, the LGBTQI plus group either. Um, in my perspective, as both someone who is interested in history and someone who lives their life in the you know, American stereotypes of what is a, a guy, I probably fit a lot of those stereotypes, right? Um, oh, I, yeah. I own a pit bull. I live in the middle of the woods. Um, your dog, your you, beard, your right. cabin. Your exactly. <laughs> exactly. I have a truck with a bunch of, you know, with a, you know, souped up off-roading truck and a bunch of guns and all this. So it's especially important for me to say something um, because a lot of the detractors from that um, are coming from the, what would typically more align with those stereotypical male stereotypes in America. Um, and as somebody who can, has the privilege of being able to blend into those environments too, because I not, I understand not everybody does. Um, it's important for me to, to speak up and say, Hey, um, you know, this is the pursuit of happiness. Everybody has a right to basically do whatever the fuck they want. As long as it doesn't, as long as as it doesn't hurt anybody, do what the fuck you want. Um, This is the pursuit of happiness. Happiness. And honestly, you don't even have to understand it. You don't. Yeah. Just exactly what somebody wants to do is whatever they want to do. Um, In America, there's been a lot of, or there's been some, maybe not a lot of backlash about, I think Biden, um, named uh i believe it's a the first transgender secretary of health i believe she's the secretary of health right and there's been some yeah there's been some backlash about that obviously um and my my initial reaction to that has been you know quite frankly i don't give a fuck what she chooses to do with her personal life if she can do her job (laughs) i don't really give a shit Uh, that's all that matters and that's all anybody should care about right um, yeah. and it's, yeah, what somebody chooses to do with their personal life is really none of my goddamn business and it shouldn't be anybody else's either. Um, yeah. everybody has a fundamental right to the pursuit of happiness. And that means unless you're hurting somebody else, leave people the fuck alone. Be um, a happy motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, happy motherfucker. So anyway, <laughs> Hey, I got my, uh, coffee. So let's, uh, yeah. roll into the interview. Cause I fucking love coffee. So I'm happy now. Yes. So let's start off the interview here. Yeah. So for every, for anybody who could be listening, uh, Chris Branston is a, yeah. a friend of mine. Um, full transparency. Chris and I used to work at the same company. Chris has kind of a, an interesting way about of thinking about personal happiness. And I know he's been doing a lot of kind of mental work on his own on that. And I wanted to interview him and talk to it talk to him a little bit about it um he ended up kind of making a maybe surprising unique move to be true to himself and i want to talk about that too so let's get on into it so hey chris hey chris (laughs) how's it going (laughs) not too bad man how are you you want to uh introduce yourself for those those that may be listening yeah, sure. Um, I'm Chris. I'm 34 years old from uh, Nuremberg, Germany. 
Um, I'm an open source enthusiast. I'm a really uh, happy nature, <laughs> I figure. Um, I love technology. I love open source, working with humans, working with communities. Um, yeah, I've been in the IT industry uh, quite some time. Um, and I'm an absolute idealist. And what <laughs> basically happened to me last year is um, I had to make decisions. I had to make the decision kind of between at that point, career and success or my idealism. And uh, it's something that was really, really hard. It was a really, really hard task, especially being in the whole pandemic situation and lockdown and, you know, not being to kind of being able uh, to act or, or be as free as uh, one could. Uh, but in the end, I um, left a, a, a job and a company that were always, always giving me awesome input, possibilities, opportunities. Hey, you know, I was uh, being, being paid to sell something I'm really convinced of, to travel around the world, to meet cool people, go to awesome conventions, you know, kind of have, have this whole package that um, us aspiring young people love and, and want to live, you know, like kind of the reason for being, the sense of being, but um, just, you know, through the perils of everyday life, the harshness of reality, um, and my goddamn idealism, <laughs> um, you know, it, it, it was really hard to steer clear and to, to look forward. And um, I still, at this moment in time, at least, um, can say I'm, I'm very, very happy that I made the rational decision to believe in myself and my reality that I've been living for 34 years now. Um, rather than yeah do the follow the leader thing and you know work into in the worst case some investor's pocket <laughs> you know <laughs> because if, if we're talking you know this reason for being there's this uh, Japanese uh, kind of proverb kind of way of thinking which is called ikigai and ikigai is the reason for being and um, it's basically a pretty easy Venn diagram made out of four circles um, and it's about your, your mission, your vocation. What can I earn money with? What am I skilled at? You know, what, what do I want to tell the world? What gives me the positive feedback and sense of belonging that I need? Um, and basically at the intersection of all these things that make up yourself is this reason that you get up in the morning, you have a huge grin on your face, even if you know you have a billion annoying meetings and you didn't reach your quota and the world's in a pandemic, but you still have this smile and say, I know I'm doing the right thing. And I know I love what I'm doing. Um, and I've come to realize yet realize again, <laughs> you know, been, been through a bit of life already uh, at my age. Um, but I've come to the point that I am important and the, the most important thing I can do for myself and the world is to create a base of happiness where, where I do get up with the grin and where I do feel I'm doing the right thing because then I'm positive and this positivity um, can then be brought to others and, and you know, can then be, be shared with others. And maybe, you know, in this fast paced IT, internet, Facebook, everything's on Google, we need to scale hyper, super duper business that uh, we've all been working in. Um, you know, it, it might be very, very valuable to say, 
okay, let that happen. But what's my core? What's, you know, what, mm. what's this part that I have in this whole game? And do I need to sell out or, or you know, will selling out create the space of happiness? Mm. Will it make me more happy to have a huge mansion and five cars, but everybody hates me? Uh, or, you know, will it, make me more happy Sounds to live familiar. in the woods in a cabin and enjoy nature as is <laughs> you tell me chris <laughs> <laughs> we can talk all day about that but i know that wasn't also um an overnight decision for you um yeah. you know that, that's not really something you wake up in the morning and you're like holy shit i'm just gonna be happy man uh <laughs> you know and fuck it i'm just gonna do what makes me happy and maybe having five cars in a mansion and Maybe that does make you happy. I'm not going to yeah. you know, downplay yeah. that. Maybe that does make people happy. But to really examine the intersection of, you know, what they're good at and their personal happiness. Um, yeah. You referred yeah. to Dicky Guy. Um, obviously, that's not something you wake up uh, in the morning and just go, holy shit, there it is. It's Woo! like a light, right? <laughs> so can you walk us through how you kind of came to this conclusion? Um, yeah, it was, you know, actually just kind of the, the way things went based on, on my history. When I started with the company, um, what just happened with the company itself, the industry around it. Um, because for me, you know, I, as mentioned, I, I always worked in the IT industry being a young guy. You know, the dream was always Microsoft, work for Citrix, work for Google, you know, one of these big players. Um, and I was one of the poor saps in the call center. I was working for Microsoft and, and companies like that. But I was the guy who would call you to get you to register for a webcast or, you know, uh, do you want to buy my office, whatever package. Um, and that got boring pretty, pretty fast because it was very one dimensional. And um, I figured, hey, you know, step up your game, become a project manager in one of these uh, how, how would you call it? Sales outsourcing companies. Um, and I saw the really, really dark side of the business where it's not about putting the customer in the focus and uh, the customer experience and happiness, but it was about creating numbers and sales and just pushing anything anyway um, to, you know, reach, reach the quota and reach the goal, which at that point, you know, it kind of made sense because um, yeah, big proprietary companies in IT aren't built so much on, um, empowering people and giving them freedom or whatever it is. Um, but there's a problem mostly created by said company, um, which they then solve. And we as humans um, are basically used to a lifestyle of laziness. Yeah, welcome, you know, welcome to this millennium and 2021 and all the possibilities we have with our computers and smartphones. You know, we, we like it easy. It's better if there's a button to press that does whatever I wanted to do, then, you know, having to enter different pieces of information or having to click two or three or five buttons and actually, you know, putting your options together. Um, and yeah, you know, I, I, I knew IT was something really, really cool being a baby of the 80s, a kid of the 90s, you know, having a part of my life without all this modern technology, but then seeing it grow and explode and boom and being brought to, to every individual everywhere or most of the individuals everywhere. Um, and I knew IT was the right thing, but I was figuring there must be a better way. And the better way was what I was living and using in my free time, which was open source. So 
one of my real dreams was starting an open source company. And since I was from Nuremberg or the Nuremberg area, you know, it had to, it had to be this one certain company because um, I'd been using their software. You know, I, I really, uh, for me, it was kind of the Microsoft of Nuremberg, Germany. <laughs> and when finally a, a job position in inside sales opened up, um, I applied and uh, I left the interview and a couple of hours later, um, I had a work contract in my mailbox because everybody in the room knew, hey, you know, it's the right guy with the right company, the right products, the right motivation, let's do this. And that was kind of my kickoff into earning money with open source, which at that time felt really, really great. You know, I was strutting down the street being the open source guy. Um, and one of, the, one of the most amazing things was when I, when I started, on my first day, you know, I was figuring, well, you have an inside sales job, so better put on your shirt and a nice pair of pants and, you know, look, look the part because uh, that's what everybody else, all my seniors in sales roles before had told me, wear a suit, wear a tie, you know, suit up, son, because um, uh, clothes make people, you know, first impressions, stuff like that. And so when I, when I entered the building with my yeah. little shirt on, nobody talked to me. Nobody wanted to talk to me. And I was like, what the hell is wrong? Do I stink? You know, uh, I don't know. Do I have something on my face, a sign on my back, which is insulting people? But it was very, very simple. When I then met uh, my colleague who was also working in inside sales, he said, man, didn't you read the message about not wearing a shirt? Uh, because you know this is this is an open source company this is community this is uh tech people and and coming from the open background you know we're a bit more free here than we would be at other companies and it was a you know teeny company with maybe 250 people worldwide um it was a very very kind of family setting um and and one of the first things i had to do to actually be accepted into this company was kind of show who I am you know show I'm I'm a cool guy I'm I'm not this weird business guy in a shirt who wants to annoy people and sell stuff um, and that was just such a great feeling because it was so different from anything I had experienced before and um, I just loved it and and you know it was my sense of belonging because it wasn't a group which was easy to enter. It wasn't this, oh, you're here, great, awesome. You know, you've been to a lot of business meetings where everybody just says yes to everything. Awesome, great, we love it. It's oh, yeah. beautiful, you know. Um, but it was, no, 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 we need to check you out. And if you're cool, you can join, you know, you can join our group. And being cool at that point had nothing to do with money, my car, my clothes, whatever it was, but being a decent human. Um, and so, yeah, you know, I, I just grew into my job. I grew into the small, tight-knit family and community uh, that the company was at the time. And, you know, then, then began the games. I knew there were a lot of them before I joined the company. But um, actually half a year in 2014 after I joined, um, the company was sold with the um, kind of whole company group we were in to Microfocus. And Microfocus is one of the biggest and oldest IT companies out there, a stock listed company. And this, you know, was the first step where I realized, whoa, cooperation, because it went from we love talking about numbers to we can't tell you the numbers because we're a stock listed company. Uh, and, you know, just like the rest, uh, you'll see them when we post them because we have to. And that felt weird. You know, I'm in this 
community, this family, this open group of people trying to create awesome software for the better. Um, and they're telling me they can't talk about my own relevant numbers and topics to me because why? Um, and that just felt weird. You know, that, that was, I was in my mid twenties, mid to late twenties, you know, wasn't that much of a economy and, and business expert, but it still kind of, you know, felt, felt weird to go from kind of this very, very open system to a very, very closed system. And, um, you know, just figuring that like, okay, I know there's this big stock listed company that needs to make money and returns for their investors and people who own shares. Um, and how does open source fit into that? And it never did. And uh, Zuse always was its own company, its own brand. Um, and it stayed that because you couldn't integrate it into, into very, very uh, awful investment funding and, and stock market models. Um, and then came a turning point. And I think, I'm not sure, but if we were colleagues at that time already, but there came this real turning point where once again, the company was sold, but this time sold to a free finance investor as its own company. So basically through a carve out, gaining your own freedom back. And that was like, ooh, great, you know? Seems as if a lot of the color and a lot of the passion and a lot of the freedom could be coming back to us. And it was that way. I, sir, I tell you, um, I've seen all these changes and I've seen all this movement, but you know, this day one we had and, and this newfound freedom. And in the meantime, having hired so many people from so many cultures, backgrounds, age groups, genders, whatever it is, for me was the base to say like, wow, let's, you know, let's kick, kick this up a notch. And, and, you know, live your passion, have your, have your company, your job, be your icky guy. <laughs> and sure. do you maybe realize that that was already the first mistake? Have your job, be your icky guy. God damn, no, that couldn't work. That's a mistake. <laughs> how can, you know, how can your job be a reason for being? Because it's basically only a paycheck. You have contractual terms you need to fulfill. And basically, if your job's gone, does that mean your life is ending? <laughs> right. And you know, without going into too much detail, it was really, really awesome because the company was all free. I said, like, man, I've done sales so long, but I'm not the sooty, typey, salesy guy that everybody wants me to be. You know, um, they, they, I, I didn't get a lot of opportunity probably because I'm heavily tattooed and I talk the way I talk and say fuck shit ass <laughs> in, in any kind of meeting and any, anywhere, you know, uh, where people want to communicate with me because I think that that makes me the human I am and that, you know, makes me, makes me an actual person and not perfect. Um, and so I did get the chance. I got the chance to become a community manager and that was actually... Wow, one of the, the craziest experiences and, and best experiences I've ever had because I didn't only become community manager at the beginning of 2020, but <laughs> the world accidentally slid into this little messed up pandemic situation. Um, so I, you know, was the community manager to finally get his dream job and not being able to meet in real life with the community, which felt really, really weird. Um, but that drove back more sense into what I was doing because 
you know, do you remember this phase where, where the whole world had this big question mark saying like, uh oh, we're not allowed to go outside. So everybody needs to work in the home office, but we don't, you know, how, <laughs> how are we going to do this? And that was the moment where I was saying, ding, 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 you know, open source, no licensing, no, no arguments with some stupid vendor, you know, install first, call us later if you need a subscription and help and support. Um, we'll figure that out for you. But uh, the, again, the harsh reality of it was, you know, the, the big companies, the big commercial companies, you know, I don't know if they were prepared for a scenario like this, but they had the financial background thinking about, you know, which is the most used web meeting tool that everybody's using at the moment. Um, I'm, I'm really not sure if that was a spontaneous bust of innovation um, or if that at this point, the pandemic was an innovation accelerator <laughs> for a certain company. Yeah, I think the uh, latter to upsell their product yeah sure but coming from from my world now for example you know where i'm using uh, linux on my laptop because it's free because it's open uh because i don't have to be scared that that some companies are using myself my digital self and my data uh to create revenue streams um i was left out i couldn't even join my own meetings isn't that funny <laughs> so Eventually, you got to the point where you couldn't connect with uh, the community um, in yeah. person, and that made you less than satisfied with your job, to your point, that was kind of your wake-up call, I guess, that you know your personal well, sense of being really wasn't connected to a job. Is that right? Well, it was actually this little problem, you know, I can't be connected to the people. Mm -hmm. Um, that led me to say, well, you know, Linux user and stuff like that, um, let's, you know, use open platforms and open ways of meeting. Uh, but then very, very quickly, I was told, no, you can't do that. For one, it's not secure, it's not compliant. Um, but as turns out, you know, there's just co contracts our company has with other companies that don't make it possible for you to use what you want, where you want, whatever it is. Um, in a very, very simple sense, I do understand where there's company and a lot of end users that are not all technical experts. It might make sense, you know, to uh, invest in, in certain pieces of software and ways of rolling them out. Uh, but, it, it, you know, that was, that was the point where I broke, where I was saying, how can I be the community manager trying to build an open community for an open source company, but they're not even letting me use tools like that. I see. Okay. You know, it was just business versus uh, idealism. Because, mm. uh, yeah, you know, if I, if I was, <laughs> oh, this is going deep into myself, but if I was grown up and professional, you know, I would have just swallowed that down and said like, okay, no problem. I'll, you know, I'll do what's needed to run our business here. You know, we're in a pandemic. Sure. We have bigger problems than me wanting to use Linux and all platforms. What the actual fuck? Um, but yeah, you know, it would have been okay if I would have worked for some company, lumber company, a contracting company, you know, who cares? But I was, I, I, well, I was supposed to be the community manager for an open source community selling open source solutions. Um, and that just made me thinking. It, it you know, it just okay. started this process in my head. Um, and I tried to, you know, I just tried to, I said, okay, then, then, you know, if, if it's not possible on the tech side, uh, do it on the personal side, become open. 
um, and start addressing this and start speaking to people. And um, what, what happened to me there is I, I ran into this huge, huge wall of what I call toxic positivity where there were no clear no's and there were no clear yeses and there wasn't the reason for this is the following. <laughs> but basically it turned into, yes, it's great, Chris, you can't use what you want and you can't do what you want. <laughs> this is awesome. And again, leading back to what you know we said at the very beginning, I sat here in the evening and I was like, what the hell, you know? community manager in an open source company selling open source solution wanting to do open things but being restricted by the system i'm in what the hell um and you know one other thing i said was like hey should i make my job my ikigai <clears throat> which probably mentally i did so at that point by um kind of business and economy versus my idealism my ikigai definitely not shouldn't have been my job but being that at the time um, and constantly facing a world where there is no truth because everything is a yes and nothing's ever a no you know taking that's that's kind of what we learned from your former president you know taking absolute garbage and putting it into a way that either no one understands and figures it's okay or just bending and twisting the truth into your own own world view and picture for the cause, my friend. Um, and I thought I could deal with that. And I thought for very, very long, you know, this might just be the pandemic situation, being locked away, not being able to go out, speak to people, go to events. Um, but there was just, you know, this, this tiny little needle in my brain in the back of my head, you know, stinging into my head and giving me a worse and worse and worse and worse feeling. Um, while I was being told, you know, do this, do that, and you'll be very, very successful, and it will be awesome, and it will be great. And I even, you know, after I said, well, you know, I love doing business also, but I don't think I can, you know, just walk this fine line um, with the position and the role you've given me here. They even, you know, gave me a, a new job, a new role, social lead. Social lead was cool, you know, social media and stuff, right? That's a cool thing. Um, but again, you know, it was the, just this voice didn't go away saying like, man, you know, think about it. I, I don't have the newest clothes. I don't have the biggest car. I don't live in a huge house because I'm more of the frugal nature and, and, and just like, you know, I've always liked the way I, I live my life and, and how I've done it up to now. Um, and so it was time to pull the ikigai. <laughs> And that felt weird. And to go be a happy motherfucker, as you say. Yeah, and to go out and be a happy motherfucker because the point was, is you know, there's there's this weird little saying and, and I, I can only reproduce it partially, you know, where it's you get up in the morning and go to a job you don't like, to earn money, to buy things you don't need, to impress people uh, you don't, you know, who, who mean nothing to you. And, you know, it's this endless spiral of doing useless stuff to gain useless stuff, to do more useless stuff. And, and that's what I was in. And I figured, you know, like, let's experiment. Let's take all this away. Let's take all the filters away and see what happens. Sure. So, the, the Instagram effect, at least that's what I call it anyway, is uh, the Instagram, the, the Instagram yeah. effect. Yeah. So as somebody who does live part-time in an off-grid cabin, I'm going to use this uh, example. Um, on Instagram, you see all these beautiful pictures of cabins and mountains and 
most of them are staged. Um, it's yeah. not what it actually looks like. <laughs> you don't see a guy sitting there who hasn't taken a shower in a week. You, you don't see that, right? This is, yeah. but this is feeding you the image of this is what success is supposed to look like right now. Whether it's having a Lamborghini and, you know, whatever other bullshit society is feeding you at the time or having a cabin, whatever's cool, right? Yeah. It's the Instagram effect of these photos are mostly staged. This doesn't reflect yeah. anybody's real life. Um, yeah. It's not real. Um, yeah. Like you said, buying things you don't need to impress people you don't like, um, you know, that's anyway, that's what I refer to it as the Instagram effect. Um, yeah, you know, and, and like a thing, and uh, it's good that we're speaking now and not you know, right after stuff went down, because um, when, you know, when I finally had made the very, very hard decision, I did think about a lot to, to then actually leave the company leave my job one of the things i proclaimed very loudly online was oh you know i'm done with this i'm done with the it industry but then again you know uh, kind of spiraling back to to all of this to to the ikigai the openness the 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 kind of family feeling the sense of belonging that i always loved that pushed me so so far to be successful and be motivated and and go and do my thing you know was based on on and I said this earlier, you know, if, if everybody would just do very, very tiny things to, to become a better person, to be more positive, you know, walk down the hall and give someone a smile who's having a hard day, that'll help. If everyone just does it, that will help. And I was saying, like, I have a proven track record of being very successful in what I do um, by, by creating shows and blogs and videos and whatever it was, I've, I've been receiving feedback from people saying, wow, your line of thought is cool, man. Stick to it. Do you need help? You know, do you want to join my community? Can I join yours? Um, and I realized, you know, if I, if I now do exactly what I proclaim myself, which is I'm going to leave the IT industry and I'm sick and I'm done of the shit, you know, the haters win. Then they've silenced me. Then they've taken something I've, I've loved and which was a passion. And at some point, even the icky guy, my goddamn reason for being. And they've reached their goal because they've shut me up. And um, so, you know, I, I've pulled back on that one <laughs> and said, no, no, no. You know, the, the problem wasn't IT. The problem wasn't open source being in the state it is, the communities, the world, whatever it was. Um, but it was basically uh, the system, you know, it's just, Sometimes you work with it, sometimes you don't, you know, you, sometimes you fit, sometimes you don't. Uh, there's a lot of children's movies that Disney makes <laughs> about, you know, be, I, uh, being different, being the weird kid. Uh, do you fit in? Whatever it is. But um, I, mean, I just, yeah. Sorry to cut you off. I was just going to interrupt and say, um, I mean, the tech industry itself uh, being in that world it's a very cruel place to be to begin with. Um, you know, often people are fed the line, and me included, um, possibly you. I know people that I know have gotten this line a billion times is, well, you're not technical enough. Or honestly, whatever the excuse is, to put the problem on you, to make yeah. you believe that you don't fit in, that exactly. you're not good enough. Um, you know, I always cite the example amongst personal friends, you know, have you ever noticed when it gets to be review time, nobody ever says, well, the company just doesn't have enough money to give you a raise right now. It's always your fault. Yeah. 
it's, it's always your fault. You have a deficit. Yeah. You when are. in reality, the problem is, oh, we just don't have the money to give you a raise right now. It's that simple. But yeah. it's a very cruel place to be. It's always your fault. Whatever it is to say that, you know, we can put the blame on you. Um, and you, I decided a while ago that you just have to let that crap not really bother you. And there does have to be an element of rebellion in there saying, you know, hey, fuck you, man. Fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. You had this awesome example yesterday in one of your posts, um, you know, where for you a very, very important day moment happened, you know, which was this goddamn lunatic is finally leaving the building. And we have the inauguration yeah. of somebody who will definitely do a better job because it's impossible to do a worse job. That's true. <laughs> I could elect a rock and it would do a better job than that. <laughs> you know, let's be careful with this because uh, coming from a pandemic, if you say, oh, 2021 is going to be a lot better than 2020, ooh, tread lightly. Um, but you know what I mean? But you were saying, you know, <laughs> you were saying, you know, oh man, I can't believe it because people are, you know, sending me texts, emails, trying to pull me in these meetings while something very, very monumental is happening for me. Um, and probably, I'm, I'm not sure if all these people were also based in the US or the same area or whatever it was, or if it, you know, was, was at that point really international ignorance, <laughs> saying like, you know, in my case, I could say like, what, we have Miss Merkel, I don't care about Trump and the implications and blah, blah, blah. Um, but it was very, very important to you. Now, my question is, um, out of probably the management view, it was a lot better pulling you into these meetings, but out of the, the, the collegial, you know, you're my colleague, you're, you're also an employee there out of the community view, we are the community of employees that make this company. Shouldn't we, you know, be there for each other? Shouldn't they have celebrated with you? Shouldn't, if you say like, hey dudes, I've got something important going on because the world is changing drastically around me, um, support you and say like, sure, that no problem. You know, I, I can take myself, back a bit um, in the context of we're doing what we're doing here. And um, if it comes to a point, you know, where, you, where you're being broken down to being some stupid number in a database, working for some company completely anonymously and nobody cares about nobody, but your company mission is let's make the world a better place and create equality, fairness and who empower the whole planet. Um, I don't know. I think that feels pretty, pretty weird. Well, <laughs> and, yeah. I'm going to take a little bit of a, a different perspective on that. Um, you know, in the United States, uh, particularly at work, um, we've become over the past four years, we've become so accustomed to this concept of don't discuss politics at work because it's so friggin' charged. I mean, no matter what you say, you're going to get yelled at. It's just how it works. Yeah. Um, God forbid, if you think for yourself and come up with an idea that neither side agrees with, and then, you know, holy shit, you're going to get blasted for that. So we've become accustomed to this idea of we're completely blocking out politics. Um, you know, especially the, the past couple of weeks, in my opinion, in, in America has shown is that um, literally we have, we had someone who wanted to become a dictator. Um, I mean, there was an armed mob that, you know, stormed the Capitol. It's, it's in black and white. It's literally, a dick. I don't know how, how more plain some of these politicians want it to be. Um, yeah. I mean, and I it's a big moment that. because we, we 
essentially overthrew this guy who was trying to install himself as a dictator. That's yeah. huge. So there was this mentality of, you know, don't talk about politics. But there was, all, in my opinion, there's also the, hey, it's super black and white. This guy was trying to be a dictator and we just overthrew him. This is important. We now need to pay attention yeah. to this. History is literally happening. Um, so it's my kind of yeah. separate take on it. You know, that that was it, because I, I, I wrote to you, I was saying, like, you know, for me, it's not only history happening, but coming from what my ancestors told me, um, it's history repeating. That's right. And it's absolutely weird in today's day and age, how something like that can happen, how something like that can go down. It just felt weird. But yeah, at that gosh. point, you know, I might even understand to say, like, you know, stuff like, uh i don't know your especially your political view you know it's kind of this this thing that definitely there's there's different parties and different politics everybody votes for and people will have different opinions on that you know sure. um and of course if if i'm really into a certain way of thinking i'll try to convince others to follow my line of thought rather than theirs otherwise you know what <laughs> i'm believing in my own you know, my own views. Um, but I, I, I'm not sure, you know, I also think I'm, I'm not sure if the workplace is a great place to discuss about stuff like that. Sure. Because um, it takes the focus of, of, of yeah, the, you know, the, the free decisions and, and the diversity of thought that's, that's very, very important to especially IT companies to create this innovation and new ideas and thinking forward. Um, but so, yeah. So let's talk about because um, I don't think we've talked about this on this podcast, but we keep throwing around this term, happy motherfucker. Uh, happy this is a term that you have coined, Chris. <laughs> and I think we got we to gotta flesh out, what does it mean to be a happy motherfucker? Can you elaborate? Yeah. You know, the, the, the word motherfucker, it's something that in probably every culture and every person you say it to has kind of a negative connotation, right? Um, <laughs> that's just the way it is and uh, i'm not even gonna uh, say anything different about that but that's what makes it so beautiful you have one thing that's very very positive which is happiness and one thing that's very very negative which is being a motherfucker but putting both together they coexist you know like this yin and yang model how could there be a good without a bad and there's good in the bad and bad in the good um and it's just this perfect symbiosis of just being the beauty of being, you know, don't give a crap what anybody thinks about yourself. I could call myself a happy leader, uh, a happy role model. Uh, oh, yeah, but that else, sounds like know? bullshit. Uh, I, I'm yeah, going to call bullshit yeah. on that and throw in the towel. That sounds like some corporate exactly. crap. And if, I'm a happy know, leader. Just, I'm a happy leader. Yeah, exactly. You know, yes, you're great. Everything's great. The world is great. You're great. This is great. Your ideas are great. Everybody's great, great, great. Um, but I go down the other lane, you know, I'm saying like, I am uncomfortable, I am loud, I, I do curse a lot and, and just do my way of living, you know, but that makes me this happy motherfucker because I'm, I'm not only taking the negativity and I'm not only taking the positivity, but I'm living both sides of it. That's, you know, what it means to me. It's this form of mental relaxation um, that brings you to the point that yourself first and foremost is very, very important but just don't, you know, it, it, it's just a question of how you do it. Just don't become an, a dick or an egoist while doing that. Think of yourself, but apply that to others. Become the change in the world that, you know, you want to see. 
just do it go out and do it i love and that's it. why I lo- that's why i love that term you know i it's love it man beautiful it's uh <laughs> i i i absolutely love that concept of you know the the yin and yang of that uh, going back to toxic toxic positivity is that it, it's yeah. not all positive right you know there's yeah. there's you're taking the bad with the good um and to be you know, I'm a motherfucker saying, Hey, this is what makes me happy, bad and good. And I'm embracing the wholeness of myself, right? Yeah. As ugly I mean, as that wholeness might seem at sometimes, this is still what makes me happy. So, I mean, also, we coming from IT, you know, that if you talk to old school IT guys or people who are responsible for large portions of infrastructure or whatever, uh, they'll tell you never touch a running system. Um, but <laughs> on the other end of the spectrum, um, is the so-called Kaizen methodology where you're saying I'll not stupidly become part of the machine I'm working on and just do everything the same way every time because I've always done it that way but I'll rethink every time I start the same process the same piece of thinking the same job at hand I'll think about how can I do it better and how can I become better at what I'm doing because that is development that is evolution that is at some weird point innovation you know um and i i'm you know also figuring coming from my own life where where have i learned more from from the stuff that just worked out the way it did or the stuff where i ran into major walls fell down lay there for a while figured like wow this hurts this is stupid this shouldn't happen again and i start changing to not have stuff happen again, but to do it better and to, yeah, at some extent, maybe even become a better person, a better Chris, <laughs> better version of myself. <laughs> uh, we see this, you know, and, and that's that's actually the, the fun part and the beauty of working in an IT because that's that's what we see, that's what we make, you know, create updates, find problems, solve problems, um, create updates, use new technology, um, you know, be kind of this be, be state of the art, you know, be, be a leader. It's, you know, this, this thing that I, I said about the, the happiness, the ikigai of it all is, you know, it all ties together because you're just saying like, you know, if I do a couple of small things and, and, and that, for example, is what a community or a company is. Um, a lot of people with different skills and, and different backgrounds doing small things to come together as as the big the mission the vision the the output the the thing you're then ultimately gonna create revenue with and and pay paychecks with and enable lives and lifestyles and and you know just certain levels of being that we aspire to be um you know, one, one funny thing, <laughs> funny thing, I'm going to tell this to the young kids out there, if there's young kids listening, or they might listen to it in a couple of years, is it is a very, very valid option that you don't want to become a manager. And be a manager is not the pinnacle of, of career and humanness. And sure. it's only, you know, this, this piece of power they give you and people love power and having power over others. But you know, it's a very, very valid option saying like, I don't want that. Yeah. You know, again, if, it's if, finding what makes you happy. Right. Um, that doesn't for some people. And I, I am one of those people. It, that does make me happy, but for some people that's absolutely the bits and it's about yeah. deciding what makes you happy. What do you find enjoyment in? Um, 
How are you going to be a happy motherfucker? I mean, it's how can you be a happy? How can you be a happy motherfucker? <laughs> That's exactly it. Um, yeah, you know, like uh, it's actually that would be a really interesting discussion, and there's probably tons of of papers on that. But you know, what's what is the definition of happiness? I mm. I don't believe you can find this one definition that applies to everyone. Well, you know, you can't. Um, in my opinion. There was a there's a commercial or there was a commercial in the United States that was very poignant to me. Um, I think it was a bank, oddly enough, because you know how it is that they say whatever it is, just like everything in the corporate world. Um, but the um, the commercial said there's no one American dream. There's 10 million of them. Yeah, and that's true. You know, for yeah. some people. For some, re- for some people, the American dream might be what they see on Instagram. It might be. That may be what makes them happy. You want to like travel in a you know, jet and go to all these countries and you know, have your whatever at the cafe. I don't know. I'm sorry if I'm being a little bit dismissive of this. That's not my thing. Um, but you get my point. Maybe that makes some people happy. Um, you know, to some people, maybe happiness is, you know, I don't know, living out in a trailer somewhere <laughs> like yeah. it, it. But it's all a matter of what's going to make you happy um, and not seeking happiness from external sources. What's going to make you inside a happy motherfucker? Right. Exactly. Um, you know, like, yeah. And I, th- yeah. I think also we can tie this up um, to kind of what we started this podcast talking about um is the lgbtq um advocacy and rights um you know if it's gonna make you a happy motherfucker to live in your truth with who you are as a person right then that's it that makes you happy yeah but fine right go i mean i i don't want to yeah i mean I think we have to be careful here because I, I don't want to highlight this like it's, you know, personal choice or whatever. Um, but in some cases, yeah. In some cases, no. Um, you I know, mean, obviously, it's, you know, it's, but I, it, the personal choice to come out and say, I'm going to live openly as this is happiness, yeah. right? So be a happy motherfucker. Yeah. Be a happy motherfucker. You know, like <laughs> one thing I think we can agree on is happiness is an intrinsic thing. You know, happiness can't so much be created around you as it, it you know all starts inside of you and um, not only with with jobs and not only in the IT industry and, and just life in general you know the Instagram effect the world is trying to dictate to me what happiness should be mm-hmm. but they rarely ever give a fuck about which angle and, and which background and, and which actual reality I'm I'm living in and I'm coming from and you know that's where kind of this the power of the masses turns on you because you know you might only find happiness by becoming the outsider (laughs) and let me tell you from old experience that's very very (laughs) tricky but you know by sometimes and I was telling, you know, I, I, I was having a hard time because I was doing the right thing and, and getting into trouble for that. But turning this around, sometimes when you do the wrong thing, it is actually the right thing. And that's what then turns into your ikigai. And that's something, that's a base nobody can steal. Nobody can take from you. 
because it's nothing that's artificial and been created around you, but it's something that you've created for yourself. And I think that's the most wholesome thing that you can have. That's the moment when you kind of find the first piece of your inner peace, you know, um, is saying, I accept myself. I accept my reality. Um, I believe this is personal in my case. I believe that as humans have been put on this planet or we exist for the good and not the evil, um, you know, and be a happy motherfucker. Just exist for a while. <laughs> Try and do the right thing. If you don't do the right thing, no biggie. Just, you know, learn from mistakes and it turns into good things again. And as we said, sometimes the wrong thing is the right thing and it gets tricky, but that's what we call life. <laughs> so not, why, why not enjoy the ride? <laughs> Indeed. My dog's starting oh. to go nuts in the background. I apologize. A little bit distracted. My... He probably wants to go on a walk. Yeah, I'm probably going to go. makes him happy. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> makes him happy to make me unhappy by whining at me. <laughs> so as we wrap this up, uh, any parting words for our audience? Oh, well, you know, um, I'm looking forward to 2021. Um, I've, I've heard different sentiments and, and, you know, different versions of what might could be happen then, that, there, blah, da, da, da. Uh, but I just think, you know, coming from everything we've shared today and, and the community we're all in, which is being humans on this planet. Uh, yeah, you know, just see the upcoming year as an absolute opportunity for great things to happen, especially compared to the very restricted last months we've all spent. And... Yeah, be a happy motherfucker. <laughs> Beautiful. All right, man. I'll catch you later. <laughs> catch you later. Enjoy. Yeah.